Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll have my notes here. You're okay. You could just extemporaneous. You can. You don't have to talk about any of the stuff that he told yeah. you no, to I talk know. about. You can talk about I just talked. I said to Josh outside here now, just have a fun show, okay? Because I oh, listen I to some that. of your shows and some of them are so nerdy that i mean that i just, well, I just i've never I, heard anyone say that so before. many names that <laughs> i i know them but i'm not like so familiar and yeah well hold on just give me a second yeah, no, yeah. well no it's one of the things we're, we're here on. all day okay great i don't have a back thing I, I i don't have anything i've known i don't have a life here i'm a visitor <laughs> i'm done with the shooting and i'm just gonna find how did it go and then it, we went okay. It's just like a small regular part, but it's a fun part, and it's so weird to be flown in from Europe to do that part when you have like so many people here that can do the same thing. I am very human. <laughs> so that's what the other Screen Actors Guild people are saying. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I I'm 55. You know, it's a very late stage in life to go abroad and have a career. I don't, I don't get it, and I'm not Judy Dench. I'm just like a regular. Not yet. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. I just don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm so. You could, you could be the next M. You know what? I need to. <laughs> Once I get rid of Ray Fiennes. I, right? knew, I knew to IMDb both of you because that's <laughs> the only thing I forgot. It doesn't matter. No, I just, I just want to make like a reference because it's so embarrassing because I know everybody. But Wait, you're just, IMDbing me? You don't have to you know, know I know. I didn't know you wrote the other movie, your Jack Ryan thing. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, but I don't have credit on that. No, not Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, um, did you tell him? Uh, did you tell people how, how we met? Uh, no, I will. Yes, Jack no, Reacher. Jack, Jack Reacher. Reacher. Sorry, why did I say? <laughs> See, uh, right, this is already. what happens. And now it's uh, yeah, it's been a year working on the thing. I can't remember the friggin' name. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, bought me a nice house. Um, oh, don't tell. I mean, I'm I'm all in for the money. I <laughs> I, I, that's now in my age, no pension, no money. I tell you, I can't believe how many actors, great big actors are doing commercials over here. Oh yeah. Why? A lot of money. <clears throat> it's a still, lot they of have money. a lot of money. Should I, are they we did. need more? <laughs> they did before they paid their taxes. Should we, should we just start talking? No. No? Give me five seconds. Okay. Well, I was going to tell how we met. Um, Gremlins. Yeah, that's right. I know Gremlins. <laughs> I could have told you that. Yeah, you could have just. <laughs> Uh, I am excused. I'm from Europe, and uh, I'm getting older. Piranha, the bird. Put my glasses on because I can't see shit. Sorry. Uh, matinee. My um. My uh, speaking, of which I completely forgot. We we showed uh, um, Hollywood Boulevard to uh, oh dear to Sandy Tan the other night. Uh, and yeah. I forgot to bring you the Blu-ray back, but thank you for that. Um, we we enjoyed the experience. Okay. <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you. You too. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Um, Wasn't she offended? No, oh no, God, no, not at all, not at all. I, I, there were people. I, I it was my weekly movie night, and I think a lot of people were more concerned about her being offended, and she was just sitting there cackling. Hmm. Um, so, what are you talking about now? I uh, Joe, Joe's first film. My first uh, film has two comedy rapes in it. It's which, from the seventies. It's called Hollywood Boulevard. It's a comedy, 
and, uh, and who's about, in it? about making movies. Nobody. No one you ever heard of. Well, don't say that. Then. Oh. Okay, don't say that because you need to know also one thing before we start, just so you know, some of the American titles were Danish when I was a kid or younger. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes I've watched a movie and I don't know. I, I know. remember the movie, but no, I don't know what they They changed the title. But what was the, who was the main characters in it? Uh, it's a, it's 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 a, a girl from Indiana who comes to Hollywood to make her fortune and uh, works for a low budget movie company called Miracle Pictures. If it's a good picture, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, and okay, and, no, she, and she uh, uh, it, it was all made around footage from other movies. So all the movies that she makes have all these action scenes from other pictures because we had no money. Uh, I think you like my list. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's there's these two uh, rapes were very common. It was the 70s. In exploitation yes. movies in the 70s. So we made fun of the fact that it was a trope of the 70s. And unfortunately, today, it just looks like, oh, they think rape is funny. So it's an, it's, oh, it's an that's embarrassing. It. So that's why you're yeah. afraid of. And that's but why I just, thought that Sandy might be. Uh, no, but she, she knew what she was getting into. But so. I just heard your, I heard a, uh, three or four of your shows before here. And I just heard the one with. About um uh, uh with the Miguel Ortega about uh, Ro, yeah Ross Meyer Ross Meyer mm. where he talked about the rape stuff that was probably I didn't know that yeah that it was like a common thing oh in very the, common well any as soon as the, the rating as soon as the rating system came in they could do things that they couldn't do before and so immediately they jumped on nudity which was free yep. mm -hmm. uh, and rape which is a as as simple a storytelling tool as you know, as there is. And it, but it's, it was never used as an examination, like in Virgin Spring or something. It was used as a titillating point. So that at some point, the Caron would be raped. And then in, in certain kinds of movies, she'd spend the rest of the mo movie getting revenge on her attackers. But in other kinds of movies, it would just be treated as just another event in her life. And it just will move on and go to the That's next so scene. Weird. That's um, weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's just times change for I, the better. I'm 55. Can I ask how old you are? 72. Okay, so we're different generations, but not so much. You know, now you know you're getting. My father is 80, so. Right. Um. Anyway, let's go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> this is the movies that made me with your hosts Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Well, our, our guest this week is uh, the Danish actress Paprika Steen, who uh, first came to uh, our awareness over here in the celebration, which was, um, you're going to correct me if I'm wrong better than anybody, no. I believe the first dogma film, or was it just the first dogma film to come it out? Was it was the first. the first. Film. And you're actually, I, I just read the only actor to have been in three of those. Four. Four. Good Lord. Yeah, they probably got it wrong. But, um, uh, but uh, you've been working in, in Denmark for a long time. You've um, come over here from time to time. You've directed. You've been nominated for or won a gazillion uh, European <laughs> Oscars and Danish Oscars. And, weird awards. And, and weird awards. Weird yes, names. there you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, absolutely uh, phenomenal actress. And, Thank um, you. I got so to, much. this goes, I got to, shall we talk about how, how we met? Yeah, let's um, do that. This was in 98. 98. Uh, my uh, first time is, in Los Angeles. This is my theory that, that every, something good comes out of every terrible experience, out of every experience. <laughs> oh God, I don't know what's um, coming now. My, my first movie, the first script I sold and that got made 
um, was a film that finally came out as On the Border. Uh, and it was for a period of time, my producers was an independent production. We had Peter Medak attached to direct and Gabriel Byrne and Stephen Ray were going to be the, uh, the two male leads in the thing. And by the time it was done, it was an Avi Lerner production. Um, the director was a guy named Bob Mizorowski, lovely, lovely fellow. The, um, the, uh, Gabriel Byrne character was replaced by a young actor who had, uh, two movies in the can that were about to come out. He's going to be a huge star. His name was Casper Van Dien. Um, and, uh, uh, Stephen Ray had been replaced by Bentley Mitchum, Robert Mitchum's grandson. And, um, the, the finished film was not, uh, uh, it did not open the doors for me that I had hoped. In fact, it led to about eight years writing nothing but straight to video kind of junk fest. Um, you know, a bunch of Eric Roberts movies, things like that. But, uh, I was down in El Paso on the film because there were a lot of rewrites that were necessitated by the fact that the director had taken my surprise twist ending and it put it at the very front of the movie <laughs> and then called me in a panic and said, we need a surprise twist for the end of the movie. And I had to come down and come up with one oh where you're gosh. like, there, there was one. Um, but the lead actress in the film was a lovely uh, actress named Camilla Roos, um, who uh, I got to be friendly with. And she, but I remember very early on, we were down there and, and Camilla said, oh, my God, when we get back to L.A., I have to introduce you to my friend Dan Waters. You two will be the best of friends. Uh-huh. And Dan and I have been the best of friends ever yeah. since. She was right. But somewhere in there, uh, maybe a year or so later, uh, her friend Paprika came to visit her. And I got to know Paprika. And I think I've told this story before, but it's still one of my favorite I don't know. mind-blowing tales. I, I was living in this dumpy house that I was sharing with a bunch of, bunch of people in Hollywood on Wilton uh, Avenue. And uh, there was a kid who had just moved here um, from somewhere in the Midwest who wanted to get in the film business. But he had been inspired by the celebration, by the whole dogma mm-hmm. movement. That was everything to him. And now he's going to come to Hollywood and he was going to replicate dogma here. And he was going to become a great filmmaker. And he was renting, I'm not joking, a closet in this house. He lived in a tiny closet. And he was obsessed with the celebration. And one night, Paprika and Camille and I were going out, and you guys drove by the house to pick me up. And I came down, I just had this sudden burst. I said, we had Camilla wait in the car, and you came upstairs and knocked on this guy's closet. <laughs> and just said, hi, Josh said I should meet you. And his head just sort of oh, that's amazing. blew up. It was a lovely thing that you did. but I didn't even know um, that. Yeah. You know, I've never <laughs> seen myself as anything but something that happened on the way, even though I really wanted it so bad, but it kind of just, I never saw, you know, I didn't know I was anybody over here. Did, did so you guys, when you were making was, that film, especially because that had such an impact, did you mm-hmm. think that that was going to like lead to what it did or? But you never do. Yeah. You never know. I mean, first of all, I was a little pissed that we didn't have, you know, makeup artists and, and costume things. We were going to do it ourselves. And I was like, yeah, it's going to, I don't know, you know, we're, but, but while we were shooting it, we had a really great time. And then I think I've experienced this maybe one or twice in my life when a movie sort of gets under your skin while you're doing it. And it's hard to explain, but like you seriously just, you're just in the movie and it's everything is, it's just about that in that period of time where you're shooting it. And we're, because we were shooting at one location and everything. So in the night times we were, we were sitting out. We were sit outside this weird place where we were shooting, like not a, a castle, but like a, a small castle thingy in the woods. <laughs> yes. And it's whatever that place. Yeah, yeah. whatever a that chateau. place was. Uh, yeah, the chateau, maybe. Yeah. And I just remember suddenly my my skin was like, and I said, "Oh, this movie is 
it's like under my skin. Now I get the impression what that means. Mm. I've got you under my skin, you know, that song. And uh, and then I didn't forgot about it when we were done and everything. And then suddenly they call us very, not that long ago after after editing, we have to we have to meet everybody because we have to do a poster because we're going to Cannes. I don't even know if I knew what Cannes was because it was European. I was all about American movies, you know? So I didn't, I was like, oh yeah, oh, that's this festival in France, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm, I'm joking, <laughs> but a little bit, you know? And we did the poster and five minutes later we were there and walking the red carpet. I was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. And I cried. So the, the movie was shown and everybody's like applauding and you're going down the, the red uh, carpet back to your car. And I'm just, no, I'm really like a kind of a movie hillbilly. I'm, I'm no one, you know, I'm like, I, I have nothing. I didn't experience anything, experience anything. And, and we went into the car and I just burst into tears because this is my dream. And oh my God. And I can't, I can't comprehend this. I can't get my head around it. And Ulrich, who was playing the sun, just sat next to me and just hit me like, shut up, you know, get, pull yourself together, you know. And, uh, and I was like, okay. And this weird or beautiful dress that weighed, I don't know, a hundred pounds for pearls that were like, it was just a weird experience. Yeah. And then everything happened. Right. Right. I mean, that was after that. Everything happened. And then you were a jaded professional. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it became, I, I, I still, look what I'm wearing. I'm wearing overalls. I'm still, uh, I'm still kind of del the, the deliverance of. Yeah. You kind of came as a movie hillbilly. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I just spit out, spit out my. Actually, I suddenly I, I, I have never asked you this and, and it's only hit me and then we'll, then we'll get into your, your movies. But am I, there was a story about Lars von Trier, the idiots mm -hmm. and a journalist where there was, he was doing scenes where everybody's naked mm -hmm. and the journalist wanted to come on the set. This is the story and it sounds like it, but I want to know if you can, can verify Okay. This. And, uh, the journalist wanted to be on the set to sort of watch what was happening. And Von Trier said, okay, but you have to be naked as well. And he got the journalist to take off his clothes. And then when the guy walked out on the set, of course, nobody was naked. Nobody was naked. Is that, is, is that there, a true story? Or? I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I was in the movie, but I was one of the the outsiders. I I was never naked. I would never have done that to the audience. Um, oh. oh no, seriously, that was oh, that must have been so weird. But uh, it's probably true. I mean, it's probably true. I mean, I don't know, but it's not a story that is you know as far away from all the stories about him. Right. So it's probably true. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I want confirmation. Yeah. I um. But anyway, Paprika, as you say, you grew up on American films. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my mom was American and immigrated to Denmark when she oh, was okay. 18 with my older brother and her. She grew up in, in, in Redlands, California, oh. and kind of flew, you know, escaped from home, very conservative background, and went to Denmark. And then after, um, she, had, she was 19 and she had my brother, and she, she became an actress, learned fluently Danish, which is pretty amazing. And, 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 and then they, she got divorced from that guy. And then uh, she met my father and she was 31 when she had me. So she, she'd already been in Denmark for 14 years and she didn't uh, bring me up bilingual. That's why I still have an accent. Uh, but she, um, because she wanted to maintain her own Danish. Um, but 
you can't take the American out of the American, yep. you know? So um, she was a very fanatic, a little bipolar, but in a nice way, kind of uh, um, crazy, but in a great way kind of woman. And she was, she never really made her dreams come true. She was very short and had black hair and brown eyes, which in Denmark in the 50s and 60s were seen as exotic, you right. know, it was, uh, it was uh, different, you know, it was, and um, so she kind of never lived out her dream, so I did that for her, but um, <laughs> she, um, but the thing about American movies is that every time you watch Westerns, you know, it was like we have one channel in Denmark at that time, only one channel of television, one? yeah, oh, wow. and we had a black and white television, and I'm old, you know, so I, that was that time. The people who had the color TV was like the rich ones, you know, filthy rich ones. We were artists, so we were like struggling, but we had spirit. And um, so sometimes, you know, uh, American movies came on, and and it was when it was Western, she was always very aggravated and 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 got up from the couch and you know yelled, you know, MFers. I can't say that on radio, yeah, you, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Say anything you yeah, it's like, say you know, anything okay, you want. motherfuckers and. What about the Native Indians? And, you know, she was very, uh, okay. uh, she was like, a, <clears throat> I don't know what you call it in English, but she was like the 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 the, the writer of justice. She, she really, she was brought up in a very racist kind of environment and was not, she was like born non-racist, you know, in, in that sense that she really, I mean, she hated John Wayne intensely, uh, you know, as a, you know, just the whole John Wayne thing. So I got brought up on, there are evil Americans and good Americans. And uh, and then suddenly, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the, of Oz came along. And we I saw that when I was four years old. And I remember crying my eyes out. And she was crying and, you know, um, and explained to me a lot about American film and and how it was. And her dad was uh, used to be a, a, a kind of a something in RKO. Oh. Um, but he died very young. And... Uh, and then, then you know, it kind of like when the Naughty Professor with Jerry Lewis, and you know, I thought it was that's one of the most uh, terrifying films I've seen in my entire life. You know, when he <laughs> turns into Body Love, that is maybe one of the scenes. I have one from Bergman, and then one from, and then the one from the Naughty Professor. Who, when I I remember watching it when I was seven, eight years old, and I was really scared, and I had nightmares. Really? Do you know <clears throat> how scary it is when he becomes that Body Love? Yeah, well, I can being, imagine. Yeah, remember, like he almost becomes the like a, first an animal, kind of a monkeyish animal, and the hand comes up with the nails, right, right. and the hair. And I was seven years old, you know. I was like, so I kind of that was the most scary. And then when in the um, the Bergman film, uh, where where the woman, the old woman, dances on the beach, and the clown comes and gets her. In uh, I'm sorry, I don't know the American title. Um, the night, something with night. Uh, or, uh, Anyway, doesn't matter. But kind of funny to have the Naughty Professor and a Bergman, Bergman movie, yeah. like, um, yeah. And uh, so she she could never really get rid of her American thing. I mean, um, so it was in her veins, you know. And my father, when they were married, they were only married until I was five. Uh, he was a jazz musician, so he he was very into um, all American art. My brother, who was 30, 13 years older than me, he was like a blues. Kind of, he's a, he's a guitarist, and so he's kind of a blues guy. So it was a, it was a very it was a lot of American culture, but that was at that time as foreign as Persian culture that would be right. at that time. You know, it wasn't 
kind of hip. Yeah, we had chewing gum and we had, we didn't even have peanut butter when I was about, you know, that came along later on, you know, so, um, and she only spoke English when she swore and counted. <laughs> you know, when she got really pissed off or, you know, she was like, God damn it. And I, I, I could, I could pronounce that very good because I remember that from when I was a kid and, um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> and Ken, so, um, when was the first time, uh, you know, you actually came to America? Had you? The first time was yeah. in 83 in New York. Okay. So you had grown be... up on all these films. Yeah. yeah. I tried myself. I went to New York alone in 83. I mean, maybe the hardest time in New York at all. Like really dangerous time. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's... Just around AIDS, you know, and everything. It's just a perfect timing for me. And lived alone there, uh, worked out of her, you know, worked with renting out roller skates and from Central Park and stand on this corner to sell t-shirt out of a can. So I really, I saw New York. I mean, at that time I was perfectly fluent in American, but but I haven't been here for 10 years now. So I'm a little blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, and, um, and I wanted to be an actress, of course, and I went to the HP studio, but kind of the, the, the scene there made me forget about HP studio. And I went to all the clubs and, you know, did everything I shouldn't. And I luckily didn't get, you know, sick or killed. And then I went back after six months, I went back to Denmark. And then it took me kind of like 15 years to go back. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so let's talk about some of the movies and, and your how they affected your perception of America before you got here. What were yes, the films that, you... Yes, that was like the premise <clears throat> of, of what you, yeah. you told me. So tell me your list about, give me the 10 movies that made your, your perception of America. So I had to go a little bit back for the background of why I was so, you know, absorbed with America because I had this mom yeah, who was sure. becoming very Danish and very acclimatized in some way. And then the other way, she was very American, you know? Um, uh, her name is Avis, which is not a name that you can, Avis in Dan- Danish means newspaper, Avis, <laughs> it means newspaper. So she took the S off. Uh-huh. So she was just Avi. And also because Avis rent a car and did everything. Um, so I need to tell you that, so my parents got divorced and my father is the film nerd in the family. My jazz musician, oh, okay. band, uh, band leader father. And he's the film nerd. But I grew up in a uh, with my mom where all the cinemas were, you know, in that center of, you know, you, that part of town where you have like a zillion cinemas. And this is when I'm nine years old. So this is maybe in 73, 74. So I saw everything. And I was pretty tall my age. And nobody was really taking care of me. It was the 70s. So nobody really knew. I was just leaving home. I didn't go to school and stuff. So my first experiences was just, I saw everything. I saw the Trinity Brothers and I saw, you know, uh, kind of uh, action movies from that time that I can't remember the name of. I watched soft porn without knowing what it was. <laughs> Deep Throat was like 
going on five different blocks. There was it was there, and I no, well, always thought about when you were... what is deep throat. You know, I was nine <laughs> years old, and like, and I saw this picture, and I couldn't, you know, I never went to see it because I, maybe something inside me said, "There's nothing here. I'm not. I shouldn't go watch this movie." But then there was one movie, uh, suddenly, and this is the first one that I'm thinking of, and that is American Graffiti. Oh, okay. Uh, which means a lot to me today and meant a lot to me when I watched it. And I think it followed me throughout a long time because I love movies with a lot of people in it and that kind of effortless um, plot that is just going on. Doesn't feel and like actors a plot, just right? come. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I didn't know when I was nine, 10 yeah. or whatever I was. Uh, the coming in and out of the scenes, the all these actors that I, can't, I actually didn't know. I mean, I didn't know anyone because we didn't have happy days. So I didn't know who Ron Howard was. And I loved Richard Dreyfuss. He's this neurotic, crazy person. I thought he was so American because my mom was a kind of neurotic too. And I kind of thought that they would be a good match. And, uh, and, the, well, and the whole, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the, the, the DJ, because we didn't have DJs. We had like one channel also right. who had like once a week they had, uh, the list of the best songs and and that we were all sitting and 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 you know taping them from the radio, but it wasn't like we had a a, a DJ called oh what's his name and Wolfman Jack Wolfman Jack yeah <laughs> and I didn't know what a lollipop was oh and he was sucking lollipops or or popsicles he was sucking popsicles and I was like what's a popsicle what's a popsicle because pop music cycle pop I didn't get it until you know I suddenly <laughs> got it and. And then I was in love with the guy called Paul Lee Matt, who yeah. I found, later found out who was who he was, uh, because he was a handsome guy in the movie. And then all these girls, and you have to understand, when you're like nine, ten years old, and you're a girl, it's also about what they're wearing, and mm. and and it was so exotic. You know, you couldn't get those t-shirts, you couldn't get those jeans, you didn't know what college was. College was something you went to in a world. The word college was such a big word for, you know, if, you know, do you want to wear, do you want to have my college jacket that came like maybe two or three years later, you could buy secondhand college stuff and military stuff in Denmark. And only the hippest people were wearing that, you know, <laughs> really expensive. So, you know, I want to be like, I want to have popsicles and, and have those college jackets on. So it sounds like I'm from the Soviet Union, but in a way I was in that sense that we didn't import there that much at, our, at that time. You know, it was a small community. Denmark was small. And, and the Danish film culture, I have to say, except from, of course, some movies in the 60s, 70s, and 80s was just horrible. It was just, there were no, right. of course you can maybe count 10 movies that, but it was just, ugh. Horrible, like Germanish humor and kind of soft porn, all of it, and it was just bad taste. Not in a nice way. Not in a. Well, there was a lot of uh, pornography at the time. Yeah, because in, Amer yeah. in America we got a lot of movies like Sexual Freedom in Denmark. That's and, right, and uh, which I, I I worked for a trade magazine, and so I would actually review these pictures. And the impression here was that it was just a sea of porn that everyone yes. in Denmark but was. It was. Sweden. It was. But seven years of a sea of porn, even child pornography mm -hmm. was legal uh. in a, in like five, six years in Denmark before they kind of discovered. I mean, everything was just fucked up, um, I have to say. And I grew up in that, you know, kind of era and in that neighborhood where every, because every, we like, you know, like blocks, like one block is really nice. 
where I grew up. And the next block is like where all the prostitutes and the drug mm-hmm. addicts were. And I just kind of went back and forth. And this, all the porn cinemas were there. The whole industry was kind of on the west side. And that's like just like next to where I'm was where I grew up, which was like posh area, like I don't know, West Hollywood or, you know. Um wasn't um was curious I am curious, yellow, was that Swedish or Dutch? No, Danish. Yeah, Danish? Swedish. No, Swedish. 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 Yellow okay. curious. There is yeah. a difference, you know. Yeah, oh I yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, uh, but there was also uh, Reptilicus was the name. But, the, uh, but of course, it kind of made an impression on me. But on the other hand, I also had Fritz the Cat and Robert Crumb lying around the house because oh, I the had five, four oh. older brothers who was like much older than me. So I was completely, I'm, I'm destroyed. You know, right. I, I, we shouldn't go into that, but you know, that's a different <laughs> issue. But I mean, but sort of, it didn't really, I was a romantic. I was so romantic about films. I, I wasn't really a, a Western girl. I mean, I, I could see the hipness of it. And I had a I had an era in my life where I said, I want to make a Western. But seriously, nah, that's not really my thing. You know, people shooting each other. And the good, the bad, and the ugly, I like. But that's, sure. you know, I'm not really. No, it's more the, the, the movies that, you know, kind of just the slice of life or the slice of something was in the beginning of my, um, uh, my, watching movies uh, right. in the movie theaters. And and then I I don't know if you remember that you watched you watched them again and again. It wasn't like yeah. you saw them one time. Yeah. At that time you sort of watched them you went I see I saw a movie 12 times or something, you know. My family, it was almost like my brothers and my sisters and were going to see that movie and so I was an escapist already at like nine years old. <laughs> did did you I want to go back to American graffiti cuz I'm did did you have a sense when you were watching that, that, that it was capturing a bygone era or did it just seem like America to you? I thought it was America. Okay. I, I thought it was a little 50s-ish, but uh-huh. I I was mostly interested in the way that that people are going away from towns. Like in Denmark, it's a very small country. You don't go away to college. And, I, and now I know what college is, but I didn't know at that time. <laughs> um, you don't go away. Maybe you're three hours away from Copenhagen or, you know, if you, you're never that far away. So it's like the thing about going away and the big issue there is about leaving home. Um, we don't have that. Right. We didn't have that. So so that also, it learned me that America is also a place where when you get to be a teenager or late teens, you're leaving your, your home. home. You're leaving yeah. your family, <clears throat> which is only something you did if you were in the military in Denmark, you know? So there was a lot of stuff going on about that, that kind of... Um, taught me about America and then the, the the milkshakes and the 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 diners you know and the cars and the way everybody was driving we don't do that in Denmark right, we right. wasn't a, I think there was one drive-in cinema in Denmark which was like kind of kitschy because it was like nobody goes to a drive-in cinema but um I loved it I loved the romance of it I loved the I I th- because when you asked me to do this, I really had to find out who I was, who I am. And I'm kind of a romantic when it comes to film. Even though, of course, I watched Godfather 15 times. Of course, I watched Taxi Driver 20 times. I know all the lines, blah, 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 blah. But that's what everybody talks about when they go here and yeah. from Europe and have to talk about movies. They're all mentioned Godfather, Taxi Driver, right. which are, you can't not. But I thought maybe today I should talk about some of the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, because how can we be, you know, go on and, and you know, analyze Godfather? We've kind of did that. 
So the next one, then my father got a VCR, uh-huh. which was like, he was one of the first people to have a VCR. And he was a film nerd. First of all, he showed me Saturday Night Live stuff that, that nobody ever knew. And that was the time with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. And I was so young. And I just thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to be funny. I don't know if I'm funny, but I'm going to be funny. I, I was actually funny. I was a comedian for a long time before I got into So that, did that acting. translate well? I, I fell in love with Bill Murray. It's yeah, not, I, not, not like romantically, but I fell in love with his yeah. coolness. I thought yeah. he was so cool. And Gilda Ratner. And, and if I mentioned these names in Denmark at that time, nobody would know who they were. Oh. Then the movie came, the, 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 oh, the, oh, I forget about the English titles, but the one, the one with the soldiers. Stripes. Stripes. Yeah. Then <clears throat> that came and then probably, yeah. But, um. You know, Lorraine Newman has been on our show. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> one of the few girls. Yes. Well, you, yeah. you, you want to talk about that or? <laughs> we can talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, I just want to say that, um, so he said to me, he was a little a strict, a, a strange Strict, but not strict father, but you have to watch. And then he showed me all the Chaplin movies. And then he said, now you watch this movie. And he gave me, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Oh, wow. And uh, oh, I was so in love with that movie. I was so in love with her. And that made the whole dream, again, my romantic side, about imagine there's a country where you speak the same language, such a big area, you speak the same language, and you can go from a cold area to a warm area, or you can... You can say, I want to go and live in the mountains. Or you can do what I, of course, wanted to do, go to somewhere in California or something where it was warm, buy my car. You know, the dream, the road trip, the road movie, the whole thing. That was new to me. Yeah. Uh, and and the acting in that movie also made me like, was also like Ellen Burstyn, wow. And and the kid and Chris Christopherson and, and Harvey Keitel, I was like, these guys are so, I mean, they played, they were so well, they're so good actors. I can't believe it. No, we had, didn't really have that either in Denmark either. And then he showed me Faces by Casavetes. Oh. I was 14, I'm you say, know, yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a heavy movie to watch. But I kind of, he said, you have to watch it uh, more than once. So it was kind of a school I was in with him. Um, yeah. And I watched it again and again and again, and suddenly I just, I grew into it. But at the same time, I was also watching indie movies in the different theaters and catched up on the first Millis Fulman film, Taking Off. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which was, and now I'm going back to you, Joe, because you were talking about your first film was like a, you know, you took a lot of bites and putting them together and... And and so this was the first film I saw where they were having this audition in the beginning mm. and they were and it was cut together, you know, where everybody was singing different songs. And I thought that was amazing, you know, that you could do that, you know, and it was from that time. It was not something you've seen that much before, you know, real people singing and it's it's cut together. And I wanted to be an actress and 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 suddenly I, I discovered Corinne was in there, Corinne from Soap was in there. That's Kai Simon, isn't it? And <laughs> I was so proud that I recognized people. And the whole thing about recognizing people from one film and the other, like actors do, uh, just became my next, that was my first nerdy right. thing. Like, 
wasn't that the guy from that movie when he did? And I could, and I like, that guy. isn't that Laszlo Kovac guy always on, the, you know, Gordon Willis, you know, and I started to know the DP's names mm. and maybe this, and, and then they started to show make a third film, film, film and I started to put together uh, the editors and, um, and to impress my father. This is all about my father issues. And, and then Woody Allen came along and, uh, and so on. So I just wanted that, that is, I'm kind of trying to put it into a little cubic yeah. of how everything kind of evolved around me because nobody, it was only my father. And I didn't know anybody my own age who, who, know the, who knew these movies, which is leading me to the girl issue. Okay. Because I was asking Josh, uh, why don't, there's not a lot of girls on your show. And he's like, it's hard to get to where I said, but it's also your age. The nerdiness wasn't very female when I was young. It was mostly guys who were nerdy. Either they were, they were like Bruce Lee nerdy or, you know, uh, horror film or slasher films, or I was like the romantic film yeah. nerdy. And uh, uh, I was Jenna Rolands and Ellen Burstyn yeah. nerdy, you know, and, and, and actors. And, and um, so the first time I met all these film students who were guys, was there were like a couple of girls, but there were guys. It was like first time I met somebody who, who knew the same as me and who, yeah. who Rick, who also like, did you notice the doorknob in that movie with the window? And then he says that. And, and the guy went, yes. And I was like, oh, I've never met anybody. I've never met anybody that I could talk to about this. Instead of my father, which is, that's not, you know, yeah. that's more like school. Um, but it's, no, it's true that, that, that it, it was a it's culture. It's coming now. Right. I girls think more and more women in, are. In my age, yep. not a lot of nerdy film nerds, buffs. And it's it's something we run into in in talking to potential guests because you know get people who are eager to come on and then they, I think a, a lot of people of, of all genders think they're going to have to come on and prove themselves cinephiles yeah. of some sort and and um, it it can be difficult enough getting men past that it's like we don't want to do that we want to talk to you about movies the way you talk and think about them we know how you know critics think about them we know how you know the the, the pantheon, the people who create the pantheon think about it. Um, but I think especially with women, because that culture was so dominated by men for so long, it's it's doubly intimidating. I think there's a sense that Joe and I are going to sit here and, you know, really, you liked American Graffiti? Who is the cinematographer? Paprika, do you know who shot that film? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. You don't love Probably movies. Probably Lance Kovac. I don't you know. Don't I don't love remember. Movie. I, I don't know. Is I that, know Josh Lucas produced it. <laughs> that was the only thing. But I, th yeah. I think there's a sense of... Um, that we're going to eat them alive. Or that, yeah, yeah. Because we were, you were like that when we were younger. You, oh, know? you were like that. You, you were like, who did? And my father's like that. No, He's dad 80, was but like that. I was, I was like, who did, where did you see him before? You know, <laughs> I, and he was like, I always lies. Charles Lawton, Robert Mitchum, you know, all lies. these old guys. And yeah. I was like, because Charles Lawton made this movie with Robert Mitchum and Chili Winters and um and all his favorite it was all his favorites you know and uh right. and i get it he's a jazz musician i get it he's an america he's america file how do you say yeah. that america -file. Yeah. um uh, i know but um but i was so when i met these guys that you know could talk to me about it i fell in love with all of them and you know <laughs> and the, one of the first ones was Winterberg, who did celebration wow, you know okay. yeah. but we were we were going off on gloria and uh, oh. The not original script from Casavetes, who I what I loved it anyway, but um, because uh, I, I also you have to know. So I'm just wait. Go not on. original script. Do you do it? No, I think they didn't make the script. Oh really? Yeah, Gloria well, was uh, one of the films that he didn't 
ride himself. Uh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Remade. Yeah, I know. With, uh... You did. You did the remake. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Kaplan did that. No, no. Lume did that. Who? I don't know. No, Who Sydney is... Lume did the, the Sydney, remake did with Sharon Stone. Yeah. Oh, that's right, with Sharon Stone. Because I was yeah. thinking about doing it myself in Denmark on a small basis, uh... but then I did that later in another kind of way. I stole everything because because <laughs> my that's my dad told me I was like I wasn't a very pretty kid. I wasn't a very pretty girl, and I, I was not gonna be like everybody else. Like everybody in my age, when I was young and up and coming, they were all very skinny and milky and Berkman-ish or look like children. And I just always looked 30, like I do now when I'm 55. And my, my dad told me, um, so I said, you know, I want to be an actress and all that, but you know, you have to watch her. And then she, she gave me, he gave me Gloria. Ah, okay. And then I kind of invented a character. Just so, okay, I'm the first one in Denmark who smokes cigarettes on screen. I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm a fast talker and I'm wearing a trench coat and I'm just <laughs> give them hell. And I, I can swear and I can do everything. So my first part was in another Thomas Vinterberg movie where I just had one scene coming to the door to ask him uh, the lead to take care of my kid. So it's like the opposite of Gloria. But um, but I, I dressed myself like her, you know, and had these 70s glasses on. This yeah. was in 94. And I was just, who knows? There's Denmark. Nobody's going to find <laughs> out, you know? And I kind of just did that up to a point. And then... And I kind of more and more people said, you, you are like the Danish General Lens. And I'm like, now I don't want that anymore. <laughs> you know, I get to a point where you don't want to be somebody else. But no, it was a good way to begin. It was a good, you know, inspiration. So yeah. I didn't have to be 11 and, and weigh five pounds and have been a model because I wasn't. I can, I can point you to uh, where she occasionally has dinner, though, if you want to. I know her daughter. So it's her oh, okay, fine. Because <laughs> I think, yes, you have, you met her? Oh, what else? I haven't was... met Jill Owens. I didn't. I oh, never, okay. I've never been a fan of meeting my idols or my ah. icons because uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm hugely intimidated by it. And, and also, I rather want them to meet me when they need me. Uh, you know, sure, when I yes. do something and like I'm, I can be really starstruck in, when I was younger, but now I'm like, I rather want to meet them when they want to meet me. Right. You know? Right. Because I'm, nah. Yeah. No, I, do you know who Joe Dante is? Nobody knows who I am. But yeah, well, next question. <laughs> yes, no, next film, next film. Yeah, next film I wrote because then my father gave me this film and I thought it was a documentary. I was also about 15, 16. I don't know. I don't remember how old I was, but young. And watching this and I was like, oh, it's boring. Why do I have to see that? And then he said, you have to see it. And then when I saw it, he said, it's not a, doc it's not a documentary. And it was Nashville. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that became, that is my favorite film in the world. That is my number one favorite film. I can never, there's nothing I don't like about that film. Yeah. But I, like some films that I really like or albums of music, like sometimes Nirvana, the first album of Nirvana, first time it was loud and noisy. And then my yeah. brother told me, listen to it again. And now yeah. it's one of my favorite albums. And never mind, you know, so, yeah. um, uh, sometimes you need that little uh, key. And when I got it, you know, suddenly it became like I watched it, I don't know, 20 times. Right. And that is the way I would love to be a director. You know, every time I, I three times I try to direct, um, not the first time, but uh, this last time here or the time before, it was, it's like the effortlessness, you know, like, 
I love the way, I still do love the way he kind of just goes into a scene in a dialogue about something. There's like a party at some point where Elliot Gould goes out of the car with right. Christie, and, and then they kind of go away from then and go over and 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 go over by Lily Tomlin, who's talking about something, you know, and we know a little bit about her, but we don't get it over explained. And then you go further on to, I don't remember, some guy there, and then you see uh, Jeff Goldblum, whatever, in the middle of it doing, st- it was just so, and then also the love stories in it. I love the scene where, where the trio, the Peter, Paul and Mary, who are not Peter, Paul and Mary, the, yeah. um, um, uh, they're gonna maybe perform for the upcoming president. And right. you have this Michael um, from Woody Allen, Michael. Michael right. Murphy. Murphy. Murphy coming <clears throat> in and he's completely infatuated with her. Yes, and he has right. to kind of sell his <clears throat> thing. and. The, and the way he just looks at her and the way she's just not seeing him, it's just like, it's so, it's the most romantic thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's just like a one scene and then we never hear about him again in, yeah. that, in, in, in that sense. In that context, yeah. And her, the love for Keith Carrot. how do you pronounce Keith Carradine or Din? Din? Din. Okay. Uh, I have his, I, I have his Spotify. I have the, I'm, I'm, I'm easy on my Spotify playlist. Cause I'm easy and I'm easy. I, I love that song and and the whole scene where they're there and they're looking at him and everybody thinks it's for him. And Geraldine Chaplin, who is the funniest one in that one, because yes. they always use her to be so artistic. And I love that she was just like a comic. The whole thing where she goes out with the buses, oh the buses, the yellow danger of the point, whatever she goes on. It's just, it's a. Goddamn amazing movie. I mean, it's comp- I mean, it gets me goosebumps to talk about it. I'm sorry. I was just looking here to, I was like, oh my God, why? Do- I I thought I had the soundtrack on my phone. I don't. Oh. I'm embarrassed. But I do have a, I have a tribute album here with a bunch of people doing covers of Nashville songs. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. But, uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's all the lines. I, I yeah. don't even know. I didn't know about improvisation at that time. I knew that. I didn't know if they were improvising or if it was like, I know they shot the last scene where the shooting goes on in 45 minutes and every, and, uh, and because they didn't have any, because everybody had to go, go home right. for where they lived. But the whole thing. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a Vietnam war movie combined with this music thing, combined with diners combined with, I mean, so many movies I've seen since that is just, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't get over how great it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm with <laughs> and you. And I'm not a nerdy person. It's not to be nerdy and mention something old because, you know, it's seriously. Yeah, it's formative. Yeah. And and everything I, I just did, my last movie I directed a year ago, because we don't, I don't have the budget or anything, but I had 15 people in the room. It was like in a Christmas Eve. And I was still thinking about him, you know, to do long shots, you know, that you get everything in the background is something going on up here and there's dialogue both ways and and it's Danish so it's hard to translate it you said you wanted to see it but it's so Danish <laughs> but they talk so fast I don't know why because I'm such a slow talker uh, uh, <laughs> but there's something you have to see it many times to get all the lines and stuff right. oh I love that it, it um I love it yeah I mean do you remember because I remember the first time I saw it I was a kid it was my, my dad was obsessed with Altman uh-huh. And you I, told me that actually. Yeah, time, I don't yeah. know. I honestly, I know I was perplexed by it. I don't think I disliked it, but I was just mystified. And then I was bored the first know, time. I didn't get it. Probably. And then a week later, we went to see it again in a fucking theater. And I was probably just, but over time, it just sort of, at first as a kid, it just sort of dug a groove into me. And I love the album. I can sing every word of every song. But I remember. Oh, and the stripper. Somehow the going, oh my God, yes, that. 
terrible scene. Terrible scene. But yeah, there's that moment where then one day Nashville opens itself up to you and you realize it's an amazing movie. I mean, it's just one of the greatest films ever. What do you think about it, Joe? I think it's great. It's a great movie. I saw it when it was... I saw when it was new. Yeah. <laughs> well, when is it's from what? 76? 75, 76. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it a couple of years later. an interesting later. period in American uh, history as well. Yeah. Is it what, what do you say? Sorry. At what? American history. I mean, the place we were at at the time, that yeah. movie is, it, it, yeah. it captures it incredibly. And it's so funny they didn't make it about Woodstock or something. He said he, he took Nashville. I don't yeah. even know if he's Southern, Robert Altman. No. No, he's not. No, because it's just uh, such a geniusly thought out it's because it's folk and it's blues and it's country and it's just the whole world i mean you you do have african-americans in it but they're yeah. like so awesome it's, it's it's just amazing yeah yeah <laughs> and i every day I, I always forget the, the um and uh uh which part was gary Busey supposed to play was it the keith carradine yeah i think so thing because he ends up there's there's a song that the peter paul and mary group sing yeah gary Busey actually wrote uh, really, the one yeah. where they're they're three where they're harmonizing. Well, a lot of a lot of a lot of, you've gone. Gone. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the actors wrote their own songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. encouraged that. Yeah. Henry, yeah. Henry, Henry Gibson Gibbs. told me he yes. wrote all of his stuff. But Keith Carradine wrote wonderful. his own. Keith Carradine did. It was a hit. I'm Easy was a big hit. Um, yeah, no, I, I love so, that film. But the idea of Gary Busey dropping out of that to go do something else—that must have. Can you imagine you know, dropping out of Nashville to go do some TV pilot? <laughs> I can go back about houses that I didn't buy that would have uh, made me rich. You know, we can't. Yeah. We can't think about that. Yes, I else just kill myself. Um, so then I went into a darker period of my life, and then I watched. Um, then we're going to the period where I started becoming more interested in 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 acting, really like acting. So I I look at my list and I see ah, you know I movies like uh, all that jazz. Oh, it's a great movie. Ah, uh, and also there's music in it, but it's like that really made an impression on me too. Also because of the the mannerism of it. I mean, I if you see it today, there's kind of a mannerism over it that maybe will be too much if it did it today. But it was this first, like when you saw Psycho the first time, mm-hmm. I was I was uh, pretty old the first time I saw the real Psycho, and I thought, was that scary? You know. But I, then I thought about, but at that time, it has been. It's been a really scary movie. Right. And all that jazz, I mean, the whole thing about the death uh, going on with the stand-up comedy, comic, comic in the background. I, I'm sorry, I don't f- remember all the the names. It wasn't Lenny Bruce, but it was another one who was talking over about Shida, Roy Scheider going around the hospital, you know, and then there's like this, or the, there's a scene where he's, there's a table reading and he, and then everything gets quiet and he mm-hmm. cracks his pencil behind his back stuff and stuff like that. I was I was fascinated. That was uh like you can play with that. And I'm a very auditive person. And it's weird because I love films. I should be visual. But when I hear Scorsese I talk about like how he sees the guns in some gun smoke, or I don't know, remember what movie he talks about. Oh. And, the, and and I'm thinking, oh, I'm not that person that sees that. I, I I kind of more hear stuff, right? Um, 
Well, yeah, that goes to the Altman thing we were talking about with Nashville because mm-hmm. it was such a different way of doing sound and movies. Even. It was. Oh, he pioneered a lot. Of that. Yeah. In, in California Split, there's like, like what, a, a hundred tracks or something? Yeah. yeah. Really? I was ramping up. Yeah. yeah. Because it's funny because I love him and I, I respect him very much. But when I watch the player and you, you watch the first long scene, um, I didn't think the sound was that great as it was in Nashville. Yeah, it's it's more. It's, it was like more. I could hear the, the cuts. I could hear the yeah. the the overlaps, and uh, you know, I'm very interested in sound, which is weird. Don, you more, get it. <laughs> it's much more designed in in the player. It's the the yeah, scene is yeah. you're supposed to come in and out of those conversations yeah. specifically, which mm-hmm. works for that film. But yeah, that's the I love the dialogue and everything. But it's yeah. just. I was so specifically interested in sound because yeah. that makes everything for me. Well, that fun like, thing too, when you hear the actors talk about it in Nashville where they'd be doing some big group scene and he's a, a mile away with this yeah. long lens and they're talking and they have no idea if they're in a close up or even in the shot no. or if their lines are going to But end that's up how we it. made the uh, celebration. Oh, we never fantastic. knew if, if yeah. we, we know there was you know, a camera there, we're just going on. We couldn't stop being our character. And right. uh, one of my favorite lines in Nashville is when Julie Christie comes in and Karen Black goes, Look at her hair. You know, she thinks because she has curly hair, it's like, you know, it's just, I just, I, I love that movie so much. Um, um, and then we went into my darker, and then I watched, because I, I, oh God, it's just, I, I don't know what, um, how I should go through it. Like what number, what was, you know, I, I, I seem to forget because I'm, I'm into dog day afternoon now. And then because I can't make choices, I was Dog Day Afternoon Network, Dog Day Afternoon Network. But then I heard Eddie and the doctors talk about network. So I'll talk about Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> okay? Sure. <laughs> the intense acting. Yeah. The, that period of my life. The really intense male acting. You know, the 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 things you remember, like Alcatraz. Or I remember the phone when, when, the, when the boyfriend calls at the end, like... Where he's like the the way he sweats, the way they're sh- they shot it, the way they it made me so uncomfortable, and at the same time so happy. Or <laughs> I mean, um, a lot of these films, the first time I saw them, I, I felt uncomfortable watching them. And then you must have known what I mean. Know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. first time you watch a movie when you're young and don't know what you're seeing, like Taxi Driver, or whatever. You 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 ugh, you know. But there's one thing I had to say when you. When you see movies today and, and in the 70s where I'm so stuck, I'm so stuck in the 70s, I, I, I hardly go up to the 80s. Um, of course, there's a movie I like after that, you know, but it's, they all had a sense of humor. Like if you did a drama, it was still kind of, not funny in a slapstick way, but right. funny in this tragic comic way. Human way. De Niro going to the porn cinema or, you know, <laughs> I mean... Uh, that is, it's about a sex uh, change, uh, which you're not supposed to call it anymore, but it's a very long word. I don't remember how you say that in English. You can't say sex change anymore. Can't? No, then there's another word for it. Transvestism? Um, no, like when you... When you oh, gender this. reassignment. Right. I didn't, yes. know, I didn't remember the word. <laughs> Although I didn't know we were allowed. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, so, um, so, and, and character uh, undergoing gender reassignment surgery in Dog Day. Yeah. That there, or in Network, when she comes when they're talking about ratings and yeah. <laughs> uh, there was like a sense of humor. It was very yeah. dark. And of course, when you were very young, you didn't get it, but you got it in your, yeah. you know, 
down under your, everything, you probably got it. And that made those very dark movies watchable again and again. Whereas now, I think when you wait dark movies, they're dark with dark. And then there's dark, and then there's depression, and then they kill themselves, and then they, you know, and it's just not the same. It's not like, fun. Like actors, you know, they, some, someone told me that all the great actors you can make impersonations of, and, but they're not here anymore. It's hard to make an impersonation of, I mean, anybody can make an impersonation of Christopher Walken, but right. who makes an impersonation of Brad Pitt? Actually, I was about to say, Leonardo though, DiCaprio. I, mean, I, I agree. How do you do However, that? About a year ago, I heard somebody do a Brad Pitt impression. Well, that was great. Oh, and you knew instantly who they were doing. Oh, that's which amazing. Which was surprising to me. Because, yeah. I, I have I, to I have to hear I, that because I kind of, it was a little easier. In the but yeah, I, I, Because yes. they were all like, Pacino, you know, you, you, yeah. just, you just knew how to, you know, even though I'm not a very good impersonator because it's a guy and he's American, I'm probably better with Danish people, but... You know, you can you can almost do it. You would know who I mean if I said, "What do we have?" You know, or "What do we got?" Or and then, yeah, yeah, hoo-ha, I know that. But it's like they don't have a trademark in that yeah. sense anymore. Um, Nicholson, Nicholson. I mean, oh yeah, there's so many of those. I think he's hard to do an impersonation of. I'm so impressed when people do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh there because he's hard. Because it's more like it's in his eyes. You know, you have to. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> Christian Slater did it very well. Yeah, but I'm in Heather's. In Heather's, <laughs> but it is hard. It's yeah. a hard one. Yep. But when you hear someone do it, you know exactly who they're doing. But Christian Slater could look like him a little bit. It could yeah, be his son, to. you know. Yeah. He has these uh, evil <laughs> demon right. uh, eyebrows, you know. Yeah. He has, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, where was, where was I? Dog day I'm afternoon. just talking. <laughs> well, that's dark why period. We're... Excuse me. Dark period. Dark period. Dog day afternoon. I think all that jazz about a, that a, a guy dying that I completely identified with was a little weird for a 20-year-old, but um, I completely got it. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm from that family I am, you know, and uh, my mom it's was a showbiz of, story. Huh? It's a showbiz story. It's a showbiz story, and it's also combined with my old school-loving musicals thing, you know. It starts with on Broadway, and I wanted to be, I mean, fame and everything. I wanted leg warmers, and I wanted to go to, you know, <laughs> I wanted all that. Because I'm that generation of actors that watched fame, you know. But then this came along and it was just more serious. And it was just the discipline of American actors and dancers are not. I have never seen it in Europe. Hmm. Maybe in England, but I haven't seen it. Of, of actors? Yeah, I was saying England. I mean, the, because the, much the, more the skills they have. Yeah. I just watched Judy last night with her, uh, with Vanessa Slowaker, and I'm just like, she knows how to sing, she knows how to dance, you know. God, man, I just, I'm, I was so impressed. So that movie kind of told me so, so much about the discipline of American art. I mean, mm. the, uh, the, the stage and movie art that the actors are so, they're so devoted and how hard it is, and and what country I came from, you know, it's different. Um, it taught me the spirit of fighting also. I mean, even though it sounds weird because he was an older man for me, you know. Um, and his whole meeting with death and that I didn't get first time I saw it. I didn't know she was death. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I got it the second time. I've never been a, a big on symbolism. Um, yeah, so... so uh, that kind of opened the world into what my mom always taught about 
Broadway, you know, go to Broadway, you should go to Broadway, play Virginia Woolf and all that, you know, and, uh, um, and, and dancing. Cause I had this inner dancer that I never got to be, you know, I was like, I was doing a lot of dancing, but I was never good at it. Um, but I, th I think that was the real fame film. You know, if you want fame, well, fame costs. That was a real fame film. You yeah, know, well, fame all that jazz. Yeah. That, the but TV then, the then I don't know how what what more to say about it than it's just Robert Altman does this. Uh, I'm sorry, Bob Fosse does the same when he shot when he shot the first dancing scene. The way he did it with one camera, or I don't understand. When I see movies about, he's like have one lens he walks around. I see, so you only had one camera doing this, you know, and the whole. Uh, choreography of that and and I'm not talking about the stage scenes he does but everything else was just so amazing I thought he was pretty amazing mm. as a director yeah. yeah weird that he made that last movie though which one then Eric Roberts one? Oh, star 80 that was really dark it's amazing film that was really Incredible dark movie. huh yes yeah We've talked about it a little bit on but I also watched Lenny Bruce when I was very young the the movie you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that also made that also made an impact. I mean, that's just a Woody Allen movie with no with no laughs. <laughs> no with laughs. no laughs. You know, it's like uh, it's like variety and stuff, and 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 old days, and 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 it, yeah, it's um, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> well, after Dog Day, after Dog Day, after What's... all that jazz, we're we're getting into your your dark. Dark period of, or getting uh, out. Or you're I'm out probably of the getting 70s. out of it again, or you're but out of the uh, 70s. because then we came. Well, then I was, um, then I would, I got familiar with Matt Dillon in a movie called Over the Edge. Oh yes, and then I fell in love, <laughs> and everything from there was about Matt Dillon, guys. Oh okay, <laughs> and guys, we didn't have in Denmark. You know, we didn't you have, have guys those. in Denmark. Yeah, but not in How that sense. They were just pale and boring and oh, okay. looked like cigarettes. And so the other day I was at Venice Beach and I was watching the skaters. And then yeah. there was like a 12-year-old boy with long hair and a little dirty tan, you know, tan in a dirty, uh -huh. dusty way. And uh, uh, he was like, had long hair. I think he was maybe 13 or something. And I looked at him and I thought, and I thought, that guy, that was the guy who I was in love with for 10 years, you know, <laughs> that didn't exist in Denmark. Right. And every time there was a movie about those kind of, uh, American boys, you know, like, um, but it could also be, it could also be, uh, I wrote down like uh, the Rumblefish or Outsiders yes. or yeah. all that. I was just like, oh my God, do you have those guys in America? And, and then I'm sorry, the hormones were very present at the time <laughs> for me there. But it also taught me something about America again, you know, like, uh, like the suburbs are really suburbs. And uh, even Footloose, I mean, the, 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 no, but the Bible, Bill, I didn't right. understand how religious you were. I didn't understand. We're not all. Like we're, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, a, a lot of America is very yeah. religious. And Quite a bit of I it. never, I never got that. And, and with the very, you know, strict parents and conservative parents and the, and the, the, the rebelness of, of the American youth uh, was so different from mine, you know, um, but my dark period also became, you know, Taxi Driver and uh, Raging Bull and uh, 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 what else did I wrote down? I write down here. 
uh, running on empty. I wrote down. I love that. Um, and my 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 obsession with racism, why there was racism. Well, that all started with West Side Story, which is crazy. But I was obsessed with uh, uh, why there were racism because in Denmark, we 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 didn't have a lot of you know foreign people. And the Afro-Americans who were in Denmark were very appreciated jazz musicians who my father worked with. You know, my father worked with Gwen Webster and, and, and it was just like, it was a, and so I didn't understand. So I, I remember I told my mom, but what if we don't call ourselves any color, then there wouldn't be racism. And she says, you're right, but we do. And uh, um, so I was um, suddenly into, uh, I I watched Midnight Cowboy. I wrote Midnight Cowboy down. I wrote, I wrote uh, Ragtime down. I wrote, but it's kind of an era where where you are talking a lot about the white man and the mm-hmm. the poor white man and and the whole uh, like like Scorsese doing or or the whole thing about being aggressive and angry and poor and and desperate and a veteran and uh, whatever. And it just, that scared me. That was the one point in life where I thought, I'm not going to go to the States. I'm going to stay here. You know, it's, it's a racist country. It's, uh, they have all these people who have been to war that people doesn't, they don't take care of them. And and all the Vietnam film and Deer Hunter came along and, and Deer Hunter was a huge thing for me. Yeah. It was yeah. huge thing because it was, one of the saddest, most romantic film I've ever seen. First of all, it was very romantic, but also it was one of the saddest film I've ever seen. And and all about again the the little the little town and people going away now not to college but to to war, war yeah. and probably not coming back. And those intense actors, I mean, oh my God, they were. I can almost cry when I talk about it. I just watched it the other day and I was like, I'm never, I'm never gonna get tired of it. It's just. It tells me so much about your society. Mm. And I don't care if Michael Cimino is a, whatever they said about him. He made an amazing movie. It's one of my top five, you know. And it it just, there's just no hope in that film. Yeah. There's just no hope. It doesn't even end. I mean, it doesn't even, well, he can go shoot a moose, you know. <laughs> it was just, oh, man. But I kind of identified with it because I was, I was a depressed teen or kind of sort of a depressed young person at that time. So I sort of got it. Mm-hmm. And all the gray weather, we have that in Denmark too. And uh, <laughs> they were all like, uh, but um, I wasn't very crazy about the whole Vietnam thing in it, but it was the wedding before and when he came back. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought that the Vietnam thing was so scary. Once an episode. Once an episode. Yeah. Um, and then I went, and then, yeah, I don't know. I'm just rambling. You're not saying what, anything. No, I'm fascinated. But it's interesting when you say that, because I've, I've had a sort of troubled history with the deer hunter, and I go back and forth. But, but I've read the when, book when you say about that, it. it. It's the, um, you're right, the, the scenes the scenes where I'm fine with it are, are the scenes back home. And and it is when you look at it as a film about people going off to Vietnam. It, well, you know, originally back. he just made that after. You know, it was just about just about the they they weren't. It wasn't supposed. They weren't. Oh, it wasn't supposed to, to go. To Vietnam. No, uh, no, it was uh, added on later on. So uh, it was just in the beginning. It was just this movie about people going away, yeah. and as and and the intensity of the that stuff's amazing. Uh, 
the drinking and the way they get yeah. drunk and the way that there's no, there's nothing there but get married, get some kids, get drunk, go shoot a moose. And, yeah. And 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 at the same time, I wanted to be one of them. What well, is so weird? Why it, is it, they, they why is it like that with movies? Why do you always yeah. want to be them, even though you don't want to be them? Um, <laughs> but I know it's it, I know it's controversial in very many ways. And my mother wouldn't allow me to see it because oh, really? she thought it was right wing. Oh, uh, because she was so left wing. And I was, so I I kind of sneaked in to watch it later on, and I was just like, Wah. you know, and. Um, so I get what you. I know. I never also read the. book. It's not even and, the politics of it. It's 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 just there's something about the Vietnam scenes that just never. I, I, they're very intense, but but the scenes that feel grounded in 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 humanity are the ones in uh, where they, they're outside Pittsburgh, right? It's Pittsburgh, where my um, mom was born. Born. Oh, okay. She moved to California. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, just ask me something. Now I feel like I'm like. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Here, let's let's. I let's, love Superman. The first couple of Superman. I loved Christopher Reeve. Oh yeah. I loved. Uh, I loved Superman. I don't like new franchise movies, but I, I um, loved those. The old yeah, ones no, they with were, Gene Hackman yep. and Ed Beatty. Then it was and Marlon Brando. You know, I never mentioned on the waterfront. Sorry, that was one of the first movies I had to mention. I never mentioned it. My father. That was one of the first movies where I said, "You need to see this." Yes. Of course, I'm a Marlon Brando fan, and. But on the waterfront was the one for me. That is the one. That is the Brando film. Because he also had Rod Stark in it. And, yeah. and her, even Marie Saint. It's just uh, on the waterfront. First of all, I've never seen anybody so beautiful. And I, as I told you, I'm, I'm kind of a hung up on how people look, you know. <laughs> I'm very shallow that way. So first he was very beautiful. And yeah. then, oh, he was also kind of good of saying lines, you know. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no he, was, he was, you had some. You in America had some, I mean, you probably also in Europe, but in because I was watching so much American cinema, some of your movie stars were so, not just gorgeous, but they were so profoundly strong when mm. they, to come out of the lens, you know, it was really like, they were in like your lap when you watched them. Uh, I so, just, the other night, I, I um, Nancy, my wife, had never seen... Uh, for some reason, we did the Magnificent Seven and the Dirty Dozen back to back. Sometimes you, double bill. you have to sometimes, <laughs> mm -hmm. and well, then over two nights, over two oh. nights. But um, she said it was an interesting thing about Cassavetes. Uh, yeah, and she just she just said that that is an aggressive performance. Oh, he was an amazing actor, and yeah, there there's just a force that comes off of him right and, and everything that's um rosemary's baby man he was yeah. scary yeah. at the end and at first you like him and then you're just like he's he could really change but but I'm there's, yeah, there's a power more. to yeah to some of those actors that when you look at you know great british actors um many of whom are probably better trained and, and, and are but there's just not that no they don't have that, that steamroller bull in a china shop quality. we don't have 200 million people to choose from yeah well there's that <laughs> But, but, here's, but here's, when guess, you're gorgeous question. in America, yeah. you're you're scaringly gorgeous. I mean, Brando was scaringly beautiful. I mean, I wouldn't even, you know, I would if I look myself in the mirror and look at like Marilyn Brando when he was younger, I was like, I would be like, oh, how can I, you know, you know what I mean? It's just like uh, you had some guys that just kind of, <laughs> kind of, you know, set the bar. Yeah, and I never found love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ex-husband I love very much, but well, here, I never I never found this guy. I never found that guy. Well, that's why they're movie stars. Yeah, that's why I was sitting in the movie theater a lot yeah. because I was in love with yeah. people. I mean, that was my whole I trying to it it is probably 
maybe you will agree with me. It was a way of finding out who I was. Yeah. Because I didn't know who I was. I was, it was brought up very quickly. The movies that made me. The movies that made you. Exactly. It was really not only how America was, but also how I was. Because I felt so much more identif and identified so much more with the American film and, and the boys and the girls and, and the weird Mon Brando people, you know. And, 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 but they were weird when you were like, yeah. when you were 12 and watching on the waterfront. Yeah. Just seeing this alpha male. Yes. And you look at your father and like, Oh, <laughs> is that, you know, I'm just kidding, but you know but what even, I mean? Even, you know, even our people who aren't beautiful were, I mean, I was, you know, Carl Malden is one of the most interesting looking people you'll ever see. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'll never forget his face. <laughs> that, yeah. And I maybe just watch nose. him in streetcar. I, I think I've seen him a couple of times, but I, that is, I'll never forget his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also always trying to find out, find out how Kim, Hunter looks under the monkey mask in of the Apes. <laughs> I cannot see Stella in that one. I can't. I'm just trying. Yeah, no, I have to look her up now. Yeah, I'm like, I'm yeah. Like, yeah, because I can see the... Yeah, because when I saw the, 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 uh, the Planet of the Apes, I was like, is that her? I tried to figure out how, you know. One of the most scary scenes I've always seen is the end of the first uh, Planet of the Apes, yes. where he shouts at the yes. Statue God of Liberty. That gave me... Uh, uh, I'm still phobic to statues. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, really? I can't. I've never been up in the Statue of Liberty. Wow. I've never been close to it. I lived in Paris for many years. I've never been close to the Eiffel Tower. When I see big statues, I think they're breathing. I thought he was, because I was so small when I watched it, I thought he was talking to, a per, I mean, somebody. Oh, wow. I thought she a was. A giant person. I don't know what it was, but there's something gone wrong with it. It's this scary scene. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Let me let me then just wrap up and and don't you don't have to come up with something profound, but just you know how taking your perception of America mm -hmm. that you had built up over the years mm -hmm. of watching these films, and then you come to America. Was there? Were you disappointed? Were you disappointed? Was it everything you thought it would be? Was it jarring? Was it in New York in in eighty three? Yeah, and that's a, uh, and then you came to New York in eighty three, not just America. That was scary shit, but that was hip hop. Right. No, I was more into music. I think I was more like a, I was so amazed with Michael Jackson and hip hop and I'm here because everything happened in 83 or 82, yeah. you know. Um, coming here, the key to being here is very hard for me to find out how, how I'm going to do it because Los Angeles scares the shit out of me. It's so big and I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'd rather like my own kind of America. But of course, the first time I was here in LA in 98, I was just, I cried all the time. I thought it was so amazing. <laughs> I wanted to move here. I thought it was. And then I came back here to work a little more, like uh, go to meetings and be in, and it's just exhaust. It was just so exhausting. If you have to go to meetings. It's, you have to go oh to meetings. Oh my God. I got to went to meetings for three weeks oh, and no. I was like, that's, that's nothing crushing. came out of it. And I was just, um, now I'm here because I'm working. And I actually have a job and, and maybe I'm going to come back and, and live here for four or five months a year. Isn't this a pilot? Yeah, it's a pilot. So, so if, if it if gets it sells, picked up, yeah. I'm going to come here and move. You know, I have to live here for four or five months yeah, a year. We're going to have her back. Have her back. But uh, that scares me. Talk about our favorite French films. It scares me. It's so big. It, 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 it was a little off-putting when I first came here because I came here in 75. And I was Are you from New from York? The East Coast, yeah. yeah. New Jersey. Uh, and it was it was different. It 
It's very yeah. different. How very, many years did it take you to? Uh, it took me a couple of years to really kind of acclimate. Uh, I, I didn't miss the freezing cold. That was good. No, we yep. never do. That was good. But there, it was a little more eccentric than the places that I had been used to. And the... And they all do the same thing. You can't... You're not special anymore. Like in Denmark. I'm special in Denmark. Uh, oh, but you're a big star in Denmark. Yeah, but I also, I'm personality in Denmark. You right. know, I'm like, oh, she's a little too much or she's whatever. There's something. But here I'm just... I'm just no. I'm like what? I'm a day yeah, player. Wait, like, wait, till your, wait till your shows are hit. Then you'll, yeah. then you'll be you'll be wearing the the, the leggings and walking down the red carpet again. Now I met you guys. Now That's I have right. friends. Yes. You know, well, I'm gonna now be the like sky's the limit. I'm gonna be like the guest that never leaved. You know, like <laughs> stick with this guy. That's right. Yeah. He will get you something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get you on a podcast. But I don't know. I don't have a summary up. What? It's never gonna end. It's a this work in progress. My 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 love yeah. for this. Uh, industry and this country and my love and hate relationship but it will never end as as for you it's the same for you it will never end i am very privileged to be here now for, in my age it's like having a kid very late when you know all the stuff right. and you probably have the kid when you're 50 you know and you're like uh, it's a, i cannot have a kid now but i have a kid and then all oh, all the things i know now and i'm actually so lucky that i get the chance that late in life where i'm not impressed anymore about right. who you are i'm more like are you an interesting person or what? But, but um, I'm scared shit. I'm scared shitless. I'm, I mean, I'm seriously really scared. And I think that everything I have to do, I was nervous coming here. I'm never nervous in Denmark <laughs> about anything. You know, opening is like, everybody's for my birthday. I told, you I, we so I told you we should have had a Danish for him. I uh, yes, we should have. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing I have to stop eating before I go here. I have to stop <laughs> eating for four months to lose the weight. But... um. um yeah. Well, Paprika, thank you so much for coming on. That was absolutely lovely. Not um, so nerdy, more emotional. You know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, another day I'll come and be more nerdy, but I thought no, you had great. this. No, you were, no, first you were plenty nerd. nerdy. We got plenty of nerds, and you were plenty <laughs> nerdy. Yeah. So, uh, but thank you so much yes. for, for thank, coming on. Thank you for having me. It was really interesting to hear myself talk about this. Thank, thank you for being had. <laughs> thank you. Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you.